the main thing was when um, they heard the fetal heart, literally you would see the shoulders would drop, the faces mm -hmm. would, would soften, the lines would disappear because they said they didn't give any thought to the unborn because they were just that yeah. busy thinking about how they could get out. And that really, for me, was a changing moment in terms of what we were doing there and how I wanted to sort of proceed. My name is Augustine Colebrook, and I'm the principal at Midwifery Wisdom Collective. I speak on this podcast about big picture, political issues, and the future of our profession. Hey, y'all. I am Jamara, and I'm a midwife. I'm also a birth justice activist. And this season, I am looking forward to sharing stories of Black midwives and the communities they serve. Hello, beloved birth community. I'm Angela Love nurse midwife since 2004, preceptor and mother. I have a home birth practice called Midwife Love and a national telehealth practice called Midwife Rx. My mission is to keep birth choices available and to educate the next generation of midwives for our daughters and grandchildren. Matriarchy now. I'm Layla Wyatt. I get to share with you the voices of student midwives from across the country and beyond. This season, we focus on those students who just graduated, are about to sit for the NARM, or did yesterday, and we get tips and tricks for you for what happens at the end of the student midwife journey. Hi, and welcome back to the Midwifery Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Augustine Colebrook, and today I have a very special interview to share with you. I got to speak to Wendy Warrington, also known as Wanda Warrington, who was the winner of the Midwife of the Year from The Sun in UK. Best Midwife, Wanda Warrington. Wow, thank you. What I want to say is, is that for me, going out there, I didn't think about it. I just wanted to go and help those women and those children. After I heard that babies were freezing, when they were coming over the um, border. It's snowing there now. It's very, very cold. And we mustn't forget the people of Ukraine. I'm fortunate. I've got great family. I've got fantastic grandchildren. I've got a wonderfully supportive husband. My mum is my number one fan. I need to mention my mum. <laughs> but for me, being a midwife is the be all and end all. It's my vocation. And this award, it's not about me. This is for the people of Ukraine. Thank you. Please don't forget them. She has been working tirelessly to serve the Ukrainian women, infants, and children who are going without services, underserved, uh, trying to flee the country, crossing borders in refugee camps, and, and trying to have babies and be parents in the midst of the war. She was called to travel from her home country of UK um, to go and serve the Ukrainians uh, for the last um, year. And she's been eight times. To fund her efforts, she works in the NIHS for a few months, then takes some time off, travels, and gives basically everything she earns to the hospitals and the refugee camps and the mothers and the infants. We are so excited to hear her story and hope that you will join us in supporting her work with the links below. 
The sound of an unborn baby's heartbeat is like nothing else in the world. But for many pregnant women in war-torn Ukraine, that sound was impossible to hear. Until one midwife packed her bags. Stethoscope, Doppler's birthing kit. Left her family in Bury and traveled a thousand miles into a war zone. I'm so proud of my mum. Um, I did know when she's seen it on the news, I knew that she would go out there. She has so much drive, so much energy. She never stops wanting to help people. All I kept thinking of seeing the scenes on the television was around the women that were uh, queuing in those really um, adverse weather conditions with young children and these babies are being born into that. I need to just try to make a little bit of a difference. Armed with aid she'd collected from her community, Vanda made her way to refugee camps in Poland, taking with her the one thing she knew was going to put a smile on even the most distraught faces, the Doppler. It's something that I will cherish for the rest of my days, is that look, that stress just uh, leaving the faces, and uh, the smiles, and then the tears, and then they'd hug me, and it's some routine, but for them, it really meant a lot. Danger was always just around the corner as she moved deeper into Ukraine. She was at Lviv Hospital and she called me and I could hear the air raid sirens going off in the background and I must admit that's... Knowing that the person you love is in danger and you can't do anything about it, it's, it's really scary. I was frightened and I could feel my um, my stomach was churning, but I don't think about it. I just go and I just do what I think needs to be done. Maybe now that I've come home, I'll really reflect and think about, you know, the, the situation that I was in. But does it put me off? Absolutely not. Am I going to go running back into a war zone? Absolutely, 100%. Yes, I will still do that. Nice to meet you, Wendy. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. So where are you currently? I'm currently on the outskirts of Kiev, and we're okay. um, just leaving very shortly. And that's why I wasn't sure about the Wi-Fi. I've got Wi-Fi here. So we're stopping at a friend's apartment and we are heading to the Donetsk region. Uh, we're going to a maternity hospital there in uh, Prokvorsk. Um, where we are delivering all the maternity equipment that have either been kindly donated or we've raised money for. So we've got a specialist um, incubator that is very expensive <laughs> that um, has been, we've raised funds for back at home. And um, I've also got um, a CTG monitor. I've got some Dopplers. I've got maternity packs. I've got pregnancy vitamins. I've got... Um, um, maternity pads, sanitary towels, wet wipes, baby clothes, and um, just some uh, little like cuddly toys just for the for the new babies, you know, just sort of like little gifts. Um, and so we're going to this hospital. We picked this hospital because we wanted it to go to the area where it was most needed. And this was actually um, featured in one of the ITV um national news back at home and I contacted the reporter 
because I do my due diligence very, very carefully. And originally we get a lot of requests and the place where we were going to go to, it transpired, was a very small maternity um, hospital, not even a like a maternity home, if you will. And they didn't, they didn't need it. They're not getting the numbers of people through. And this place, the medical director that was uh, interviewed um, contacted us and said that they really did need it. And then we also had first-hand experience of people who had visited there and decided that that was the best place for it to go. For it to go. And so that's that's where we're headed. So we've, we're heading towards Dnipro today and then we're going to go there first thing tomorrow morning. So I'm going to spend um, the day there while we hand everything over. And also for me to be able to um, get a an idea of what other things that they might need and how we can best support and maybe look at potentially if they do need any help with education of midwives because that seems to be um, a big issue. A lot of people um, who were working within um, sort of maternity services who've got children may have left so they're taking other people on and um, while people have got good hearts and are willing they don't have the experience and this is what what we're hearing so again the landscape has changed from when i first came 12 months ago very much so from when i was working on the border uh, with poland and ukraine the massive people that were leaving and to be fair when i first came across it i didn't have a, a plan as such i did um, secure where I was going, I secured um, where I was staying and um, what I would be doing. But it kind of from there evolved. And for me, the biggest thing was when I saw the women who were just queuing um, at the border, those freezing conditions, trying to cross. And there might be four generations of, you know, of one family and children. So when they came across with the stress and bearing in mind, they left with the things that they were stood up with, you know, they, they could just have a, a small suitcase or, you know, a few bags and they were crammed onto the train, some traveling up to 30 hours in those conditions. They never gave a thought to their unborn. So when I was at the humanitarian center in Tremish, I started to ask the questions. What about the pregnant women? Oh, we don't have any pregnant women. I went, I've just seen about half a dozen walk past me, clearly pregnant. Um, so what I started to do was just to go and start to chat and bearing in mind I worked within my sphere and my scope of practice that was very much that was really important to me I also checked out before I came in terms of indemnity insurance around volunteering again that was really important to me because it's about being open and transparent and working within your sphere of practice so I didn't do anything more than just to have a chat um did um, an antenatal basically and yeah. um did they uh, and then the main thing was when um they heard the fetal heart literally you would see the shoulders would drop the faces would would soften the lines would disappear because they said they didn't give any thoughts to the unborn because they were just that yeah. busy thinking about how they could get out and that really for me was a changing moment in terms of what we were doing there and how i wanted to sort of proceed and we kind of moved then further into, started to go into Ukraine. I was supporting a refugee center or a place for internally displaced um, people that had moved from the East and there were pregnant women there. So we started to supply them with everything that they needed from cots, prams, clothes, everything that they would need to start to start them off. Um, what do you call them? Diapers, we call them nappies. Yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah. were doing yeah, we were we were doing all of those, all of those things. And um 
it was about the sustainability and it's really difficult because when you're in another country you've got to and you're sure you know this yourself you must respect their policies their procedures how they run so it's not about stepping on anybody's toes it was about how we can link them up but the biggest thing for me is seeing the women currently that are up in the west of ukraine um who are clearly pregnant who were stopping in these um, centres, up to 400 people, but they're not accessing any maternity care because there's been a massive um, increase of people fleeing from the east and the south, and that's putting pressure on the services that are up, up west. So yeah. it's about linking in with those things. So, for example, when I was in Poland, again, I came across um, a type 1 diabetic woman. It was a fourth pregnancy. She was... Um, an, um, she clearly um, had not been uh, taking care of herself because she was trying to get out with her other three children. So um, I did test her blood sugar and um, we put in a, like a safety net and a plan. I asked her to come back and we tried to uh, ensure that she had everything that she needed. But again, it didn't stabilise. So I had to get her admitted into a Polish hospital where she ended up staying for three days while they stabilised her. Now, what to me was a big issue was that if nobody had picked up on that potentially what could have happened yeah and from there on it's just carried on from there you know moving into sort of the humanitarian aid so when we go out in a convoy into the into the villages is basically seeking out the people that are there that might need some support and then also finding what there is locally uh, and to to do that it's um it's so vast here and that is why I tried to sort of establish those links because what I've had to do is come to the conclusion that as much as I want to help everybody it's impossible so it's better not to spread myself too thinly and to try and link up with certain um, hospitals so there's one that we've been supporting in Ivana Frankisk which again I've took them a CTG I've took them Dopplers um, I've took them everything that they need um, we bought them a, a television so that they could do parent education um, so that they could um, show all the, the their um, clips and for them to be able to continue to do their work and support them in their work so as I say there are many challenges and um, it, it's not easy and when you're here I've worked harder than I've ever worked as a midwife in my life yeah I <laughs> it's, bet. Long, it's long it's long hours uh, but the rewards are great and for me just that smile or that hug of that woman and knowing that you've been able to just give her that momentary bit of relief when she's heard like, even the fetal heart, then to me, it's as much as that I could do. Of course, I want to do so much more, but yeah. that at that time is about doing what you can. And again, a lot of women were then getting onto buses and they were going on to other, um, other countries. So again, it was making sure that they were fit to go. Yeah. And making sure that they were fit to travel, making sure that they had everything that they needed to travel on safely. Yeah. And knowing uh, that we would communicate with whoever the organiser of the transport was that they needed to link in with maternity services as soon as they arrived in that country and, and to highlight any problems. Um, so I have a couple of questions like, for you. You said we a couple of times. Do you have other midwives with you or is it a convoy of other service providers? Other service providers, no, mm-hmm. I'm me, myself. Um, I have had other people who have asked to join me, but again, their time is either limited. I've been able to put more time into it. And 
unfortunately, because it's so fast paced that if people come that they need to, to, to commit to that time and things are constantly changing, as I say, the landscape changes all the time, is I can't be responsible for other people. And so um, for me, it, it's very much, I work like this. I will take anybody with me, which I have done if people want to come along. But, you know, I'm not your organiser. You know, you are here as an individual. You can follow me. I can signpost you. Um, I'm happy to do that. But I'm constantly on, on the go. And I don't know from one yeah. day to the next where I'm going to be or how of that's course. going to look. And, and the, the war changes moment to moment. So of course it exactly. has to be like that. Well, one of the best ways that people can help is not actually showing up in person, but showing up with dollars. And we'll link below in the show notes, um, your crowdfunding um, link so that people can donate some money. Um, what what would be um, some, some other ways that people can help? Obviously share the link. If people could share the link and... Obviously, I've had quite a lot of media interest in terms of what, because I was one of the first people that came out and people talk about doctors and nurses, but midwifery seems to be something that was quite neglected. Yes, um, it usually is. Were, <laughs> and people were thinking about that. And for me, it was very, very important as a midwife of over, what, nearly 30 years um, that I've been in practice. For me, it was something that was really important. So... I want to be able to bring as much equipment as I can. I want to be able to support as best as I can in the areas that I identify because I do my due diligence very, very carefully to ensure that it's going to the place where it is needed the most at that time and how yeah. we can offer ongoing um, sustainable support. So, um, yeah, I do have a crowdfunder. I um, fund myself I don't use any of that money it goes directly to support the people of Ukraine and those babies there is a massive issue in terms of the stress and the trauma that they're seeing that babies are being born prematurely we're seeing reports of that this is why with the incubators it's been really important the incubator that I brought that we fundraised for now in our country costs eleven and a half thousand pounds so we are not talking that this is a cheap piece of equipment. And what we want to do is actually follow our um, incubators where they are placed so that we can see what use, what we, um, they have been and what the, you know, that the, the outcomes have been. If, if they didn't have that incubator, what impact that would have. So for me, this is very much, it's constantly about fact finding. It's about yeah. how raise more more funds i'm more than happy for people to come and join me we're open and transparent i am a registered nmc uk midwife when i go back home i continue to to work to continue to fund myself to be able to come out here this is my eighth trip out here now um, i spent okay. all of the summer out here last time and um, i come out every month for about um, a week 10 days okay. um, apart from that um, i was out here for four months and my plan is, is that if I find that place that needs that support, I will come back again for as many months as it takes. Um, luckily, I've got the good support um, from a family back at home who understand why I feel so strongly about doing what I do. Um, yeah. I've got grandchildren. I have a, you know, I've got the sixth one is due the 1st of August. And for me, what is happening here is very uh, close to home. Also, my family background is, is my family work. My um, grandfather was in Auschwitz and 
what I see that is happening here kind of it resonates with me very much about what happened in the Second World War. Being a Polish speaker yeah. doesn't help. I don't speak Ukrainian, but it is very similar. So um, I'm readily accepted. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what is the language barrier for, for folks? A lot, of, a lot of people do speak English. You've got a lot of English speakers that are here. Um, and again, some people can join um, other groups and NGOs. I approached several and it seemed to be a very difficult place to cross into. They want your money but they don't really sort of want the help. So I just thought, I'm going to do it on my own. And as I say, for me, about transparency, I, I, I keep a strict spreadsheet of everything that comes in that goes out. If anybody wants to check over everything, because for me, this is about um, having um, that um, open, transparent view um, on things and for people to know that what we are doing well what I'm doing you know is here directly my my ethos is very simple is yeah. about delivering directly if I've got yeah. the equipment into the hands of the people so I know where it's going yeah. um there is quite frankly I've come across quite a lot of um corruption um yeah. it's a war zone this these yeah. things happen however what I will say is, is that there is also a lot of good people out here and there is lots of good pockets of work. And all we can do is 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 to build on is to build on that. And Wendy, if if, we, uh, if an accountant happens to be listening, could you use help with uh, the back office, the organization that you say that you're doing as well? Like that how can we wouldn't that be that amazing? Would, that, that, would be, that, would, that would that would be amazing. No, I mean, yes. my, my my husband does my administration, um, yeah. logistical and logistics. But we we do we do keep a, a tight ship. Um, yeah, but if you could use some help administratively, that would probably be a weight off too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I know for certain there's going to be at least a couple midwives who are listening to this podcast who will feel called to come and join you. Um, and, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So, um, I have, um, a closed Facebook group where people follow me. It's called Wendy Warrington, my Polish Ukrainian journey. Nothing fancy okay. about it. It's straightforward. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Wanda the midwife. Um, okay. they can contact via yourself. You can give, you know, my contact details. Um, and then I'm happy to share my email that you can pass over. They can email me. Um, awesome. if they if they contact you um and obviously I, I welcome any you know any support anything at all so that I can need to do the work that I'm doing awesome well so um you've been there seven eight times now eight this is my eighth out trip. of the country eighth trip and you're there for limited amounts of time because you go back to UK to work your actual job to make money to fund this trip. So obviously we we need to send you some funding so that you can work less and do more. Aside from the um, facilitation, fundraising, delivering um, equipment and products, are you doing any direct clinical care? So I, I have done um, in terms of what I do do is that if there is availability for me to be able to do that. So what we were looking at is setting up um, antenatal satellite clinics in and around Lviv that we could sustain. And that is the places that I would need midwives so that we could set up kind of a rotor so that we would make sure that the women had some continuity of being mm -hmm. seen, not that someone turns up, sees them once, then they disappear. 
and about establishing those links as well with the um, services that there are locally so that we can signpost on. So yeah. I've done antenatal, I've done postnatal care. I would love to be able to do some intrapartum care. This is hopefully mm -hmm. something that I will be looking at today. And as I say, it's a, it's a, it's never moving feast. It's constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. So um, I just keep checking, checking out what we can do, how to best support. Mm -hmm. Well, if there's any um, desire for hands-on education, um, please call on me because we have a whole set of... Um, models and would be happy to ship over some some training modules as well as actual instructors if that could be helpful that would be absolutely amazing yeah we'd that love to be, set that, that up that would, be, that would be amazing because the thing is is is, is about empowering the people that are here but making sure yes. that they are um trained and that they um, know what they are dealing with and that for me is, is very important a single yeah. woman can't do it myself, but at least if, no. if we can then cascade that information, then it, it, it's like the ripple effect, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, we we really, at Midwifery Wisdom, we really believe in culturally matched care. We have better outcomes when you're taken care of by people that look and sound and talk like you. And um, so, so importing, um, you know, foreign midwives to catch babies isn't always the best solution. It's much better to shore up and support the local providers. And so that's what we really focus on. And I would love to be a party to whatever you feel like could be useful. That's that's really good to hear because I feel very strongly about that. Is is that actually I'm a, I'm a guest and a visitor to this country, so I'm not yeah. here and I have seen it. You know, where people think that they could just like come in, like you know, we're here to save the day. No, this process is in place. What we are here is is to is to best support those yeah. uh, processes and those things that are in place. And you know, if it's not suitable for one place, I'll find another place where they do want that help. And then you move on. Yeah, well, like you said, else. so many of the primary uh, providers leaving the country and then leaving this this hole or trying to orient you know, newer or untrained folks into that position. That is a crisis level of education need. Um, but yeah, if they're senior and they're experienced there, they certainly have, they have their own tools, but helping to provide those that are missing, that's where I really focus. Yeah. And yeah. so we're clearly on the same page and that that's what's yeah. something that is really important to me. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, great, come to catch a baby that would be amazing if I was but that if that doesn't happen it's that is not my primary focus yeah my you know my primary focus is to best support where I can as a midwife yep. and to and and to um, empower and support women and you've got a problem as well you know with sanitary conditions you know so in terms of things around even simple things to most people around breastfeeding you know and you know if you haven't got um, you know sanitary conditions it's about supporting and um and empowering very much so yeah and that's why I became yeah. a midwife you know so beautiful beautiful well um we're gonna send you um a box of dopplers so uh look forward to to arming you with more resources because you you said that that was a, a huge part of the the magic that you're able to bring is helping people hear their babies so we'd love to support mm -hmm. you in that um that and i hope amazing yeah, so excited. And I hope that we can uh, stay in touch. And I would just love to to support your mission. It's amazing. 
Thank you so much, and I appreciate the support from the, uh, the uh, International Midwifery Network. It really does yeah. mean a lot to me because sometimes yeah. I have felt quite isolated. Um, so to have that knowledge and to know that I've got that support behind me really does spur me on to keep going. Yes, definitely. Well, um, you're doing such incredible work, and I know that you're about to leave to head out on um, – you know, to move to the way uh, for me now. So I yeah, can't go away. Yeah, yeah, people are calling you. I think I heard someone. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you for taking time to speak to me. Um, we're gonna include in this podcast a few clips um of you doing your work and uh share people where they can uh donate and contribute to this success. Um, and my encouragement to you as to all midwives in the field is please take as good a care of yourself as you do of your clients, because we need you really desperately and you're working harder than most. So I hope that you take time to, to fill your own cup. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Nice to speak to you. Take care. And thanks for okay. getting in contact. Bye. Bye speak soon. Welcome to the Midwifery Wisdom Collective, a community for midwives. Whether you're a seasoned midwife, just starting midwifery school, or in between, we have something for you. On our website, midwifrywisdom.com, you can find sources of all things support, community, and education. Our collective offers a podcast hosted by four incredible midwives covering a variety of topics, online courses that range from hands-on skills such as fetal heart tone monitoring to business marketing skills and more. And we have a blog and YouTube channel that highlight a variety of educational and self-care topics. We also have different consulting options if you need more individualized help with legal advice, business, branding, and of course, the art and science of midwifery. We believe that midwifery is about relationships, both between a midwife and client, and especially between midwives themselves. And that's why we hold an annual conference and live hands-on skills sessions across the country so that you can connect with other midwives and further hone your skills at the same time. Please come follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or wherever you get your social news. At the Midwifery Wisdom Collective, we believe your self-care is just as important as the care you give to your clients. We commit to adding to your well-being as well as your professional development. Take care of yourselves, because we need you. Welcome home, midwives. Mm -hmm.